It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Stephen Zance, joined by my co-host, Stephen Russo, joined by a very, very special guest, Jamie Stewart of News 12 Long Island, longtime Jets fan, sportscaster for the news. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Stephen. How you guys doing? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. What about you, Stephen? What's up? Oh, not much, man. Just, uh, you know, Jamie and I were just talking before we went live. Never a dull moment as a Jets fan, but uh, we'll dive right into it, Jamie. Let's talk about Flacco. What do you think? Look, I think like everybody else, I was surprised. But listen, at the end of the day, I'm not like a hot take guy. Like, I'm not here to make clicks. Like, the bottom line is we're just deciding between two backups, okay? Zach Wilson would have started. He's not ready. So that's fine. At least the Jets are doing the right thing. They're not forcing it. Fine. So now we're just – we're going to sit here and have a debate because it's Wednesday about Mike White or Joe Flacco. I don't care either way. The game is going to be unwatchable. Maybe Flacco will find a way to make the Jets win. Okay, great. And then he's going to be gone the following week when Zach Wilson comes in and hopefully it's a soft landing spot against the Texans. So my only thing – and again – I don't really care about Mike White or, or I think we've determined that Mike White, you know, it's a little unfair is probably not Tom Brady reincarnate. So fine. My only thing is I do think this sheds a little light on Robert Sala this year. It's the first time I've seen little inconsistency with him and I like Sala, so I'm not killing him. It's the first time as a head coach, but you know, two weeks ago after Cincinnati, it was, Hey, what do you think of Mike White? And he goes, you never know. Who knows? And now one bad game, he's out. Let's justify the Flacco trade. So I do think that's a little inconsistent from Soller's perspective. But at the end of the day, this is a one-week thing. And barring any unforeseen circumstance, Zach Wilson will start in a week against the Texans. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it perfectly. And I do think that there could be pressure coming from Joe Douglas upstairs being like, hey, I gave up a six-round pick for this guy. We were embarrassed last week. I think it's time to hand it to a pro. And like, they probably do feel more comfortable with Flacco. He's a Super Bowl champion. I know he's like obviously shelve himself, but at the same time, they feel like there's a better chance that they don't get blown out and they can't afford to get blown out from their home fans again. I think it has a lot to do with it. And it's sad, but that's just where we are right now with this franchise. I mean, but like, again, and I agree with you, but do we all remember Jets Miami last year? I mean, Flacco started. He took a 28-yard sack. I mean, he wasn't good. So I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Jets are going to win Sunday. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, maybe they will, but why? Like, why would I think they are going to win? When was the last time Joe Flacco started a game? Like, why would I think something good is going to happen Sunday for the Jets and Joe Flacco? I don't think they're going to win. I'd love to be wrong. I mean, the old expression, just when I'm out, they pull me back right in. That's literally what's <laughs> happened twice. After, after um, the Denver game, we're all like, this team is terrible. Then they win that Titans game. Then they're awful again. They get blown out by New England. Then they bounce back. It's just, that's what they do. And I feel like every time it goes really far down, they surprise us. And I just think, you know, that could end up being why they win, just because of the way the season's gone so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think 
Um, first of all, you know, Jamie, you bring up a good point on Salah. And I think he's learning how to kind of handle the media, but, it, you know, he's got to get better at it because there are inconsistencies there. So for him to say, you know, we anointed Mike White and now, you know, people are too quick to throw him away. Then two days later, he's like, oh, sorry, Mike, you're benched and Joe Flacco's in. Um, in regards to Zach Wilson, I mean, at this point, if it's not Zach Wilson, I really don't care. And to, to be honest with you. If the defense continues to play like they have been the last four games, then it's not going to matter at all because this defense can't stop a nosebleed at this point. But we'll, I'm sure we'll unpack that uh, later on. But in reality, I do think that Joe Flacco gives them a better chance to win. When you go to you know Mike White, I think obviously the answer probably lies uh, somewhere in the middle of, of where he is between that Cincinnati game and the Buffalo game. I think it'd probably be unfair to judge him on either just because that Bills defense was really good and there's no way that he's going to throw for 405 again and three touchdowns. That's the thing. It's right. It's like, so he has an amazing game against Cincinnati. So, okay, he has to start. He's amazing. But yeah. then he had one bad game against the number one defense. Now he's banished to the bench. Well, so I think – yeah, what it did show you, though, against Buffalo, which is a very good defense, is that he couldn't push the ball down the field, couldn't throw the ball outside of the numbers, wanted to check down to the backs almost too much, which was his bread and butter against Cincinnati. But I think in the grand scheme of things, and as a fan, this feels this is different than 2020 because there's so much youth and there's so much promise here that you do want to get a look at these guys. And I think Flacco gives you that better ability to get a look at guys like Elijah Moore and Michael Carter and Corey Davis to see what you do have. Um, so I think, honestly, Flacco does give you the better chance to win on Sunday. Um, but again, I think he's not even going to be the, the factor here. It's going to be the defense and how they perform against uh, against Miami's offense. I, I mean, that's probably the old, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we're grasping at straws here. If we want to say we have to start Flacco because we want to see Elijah Moore and the other guys develop, you know, they look pretty good against the Bengals when Mike White was playing. So I just think they were like, you know what? We brought him here. We traded for him. They did not expect Mike White to do what he did against Cincinnati. That changed everything a little bit. I was like, all right, we got to see what goes on here. Okay. Now he's back to earth. He's Mike White. Fine. Joe come in because you know, the Dolphins have a really good defense, even though their past defense is like 30th in the league, but they really throttled the Ravens. So we need to protect. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, who cares? It doesn't matter yeah. because all that matters is Zach Wilson in hopefully a week from now. And then we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I just want them to not get embarrassed because yeah, right? there's been too many of those instances this season. There's obviously last week, there's a new, both New England games. They really got embarrassed, even though, the defense actually held its own considering circumstances in that game, Denver game, they got embarrassed. I mean, it's just frustrating and you just want to see competitive fight. And other than the two wins and maybe I guess you could say the Atlanta game and I guess the Carolina game, cause they were down the basically the whole first half and came back over in the second. It's been pretty, it's been pretty bad. So I'm just like, I need to it's see more. The same as last year. And that's a little bit better. Thought was going to be different. I mean, yes, they have a couple more wins, so maybe it's incrementally better, but that's been my biggest disappointment so far watching the team is that I expected this team. I said before the season, I'll go six and 11, maybe fine. But I figured in the 11, you'd have like eight competitive games yep. of the losses. Then you have the six wins, but these games are not competitive. I mean, these games, let's be honest. I mean, okay. Carolina was a nice comeback, but were they really going to win Atlanta? No. They're down basically 20. Okay. They made a nice comeback when Atlanta didn't care, but every single time the Jets defense needed to stop in a game that was needed, they never get it. Even in the Tennessee game, which they won Tennessee tied the game with two minutes left. So they never have actually stopped the team really when they needed to, to do it. So there's a lot of work to be done. I know some people are watching and probably saying, what did you expect? This team won two games. And I agree. And again, I've said before, I'm patient to a fault. So let's see what happens in the final. What are we up to now? Final eight games left. And there'll be seven with Zach. Let's see if the Jets can somehow go. I mean, th this is how far we've gone. They could somehow go three and four in the final seven. Well, that gives them five. Wow. The, the bar could not be lower. <laughs> it could not. But I agree with you. I, I expected uh, just Salah's presence and the youth of this team that there'd be more fight. I feel like there's been more than a few times this season alone where they've shown up with, with what really seemed like no plan to win. 
And, and that's really the frustrating part is that when you get just boat raced by New England twice, really, um, the second half or the second game really being the, uh, the, the, the worst one there. And then games like Indianapolis in this past week, it just feels like there's there's no will to win there. And that's what's frustrating. I know it's a young team, but you see young teams show up and compete uh, in this league over and over again. I mean, this it just feels like too often the Jets are in a 17 or 20 nothing hole before the game even feels like it started. And then, you know, you're left on the couch just watching a non-competitive game saying, okay, well, great. We're back to, you know, we're back to 2020 again. So that's the part that's been uh, really kind of infuriating for me, to be honest with you. Yeah, totally. And what's frustrating to me really about the bigger picture, when you're thinking back to when this, this team hired Joe Douglas, he's only had two wins in the division since he became the general manager. Granted, the only wins that actually came were not his players in 2019 when he added a McCagnin roster. And when you think about the circumstances of those games that they actually won, they should have lost to the Dolphins. They got lucky that a pass interference call was overturned. Thank God they got rid of that rule. And then they beat the Bills backups when they were basically playing for absolutely nothing. It was like Matt Barkley. So they really haven't won a division game in almost three years, if you think about that. And that's the saddest part about where we are. And that's why they, like, if they win on Sunday, I'll just be like, Thank God they finally beat somebody in the division because you can't be your division. You're never doing anything in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Listen, I've been a Jet fan probably longer than you guys have, and this is probably the worst. It's probably the worst it's been. I mean, I was around for the Kotai years. It was bad. Um, I think this is worse. Now, maybe my memory is just slipping a little bit, but, like, these games, for the most part, are over by halftime. And that we're the Jets are not even playing full games. I mean, you don't even really have to watch the fourth quarter of these games. Let's be honest. Now, hopefully it'll turn. Law of averages says it's got to turn eventually. It's been almost a decade. I like Robert Sala and I like Joe Douglas, but the idea that this is going to, that this takes a six year thing, it, it shouldn't take this long to at least be competitive, to not be embarrassing. Okay, to not literally have announcers try to figure out what to talk about the third quarter. So to me, the Jets defensive line is their strength. And that has been absent the last few weeks. And that is why guys run seven yards before they're even touched. And that is why the Jets are blown out because their linebackers are below average. I like Mosley. Their secondary is below average without May. And if their defensive line is getting zero pressure, they have no chance. They're rookies. I get it. But you can't sit there and objectively tell me that the Jets are coaching really well right now. You just can't. And I like, I don't, I'm not killing their coaches, but I watch other teams with, with not great talent find a way, like you said, to pull out eight wins, nine wins. At least be cl- even Jacksonville, people, Urban Meyer was the butt of everybody's jokes. And they almost won last week and they won a couple of games. Where I mean, look, I think the Jets will be competitive this week because the Dolphins' offense stinks and their offensive line stinks. But I mean, show me something. Well, if, the, the, there's yeah, a couple yeah. of things here, right? We'd be crazy to think that the Dolphins aren't sitting there licking their chops to play the Jets, right? Yeah. Or any of these other teams that are that are in the lineup the next four or five weeks. I guarantee um, the Texan fans are thinking we're going to be the Jets. <laughs> exactly. So, and the other thing is, and I want to, I want to touch on it too, because you kind of, you, you t- kind of touched on it there, Jamie, but um, I like Sala too. And I really do. I believe in him. Um, I was a little put off though, by his comments. I think he answered DJ's question following the game on Sunday about, uh, you know, pretty much his defensive scheme and why they didn't match. And he said, well, we just simply don't do that. I have a problem with that. I mean, that is Gase level stubbornness. That is, I mean, Gase was a system Trump's talent over and over again. I don't care who the players are out there. I don't want any star players because my system will, uh, you know, will trump everything and will win right. over everyone. That bothers me. You you get good players or you figure, or if you have weaknesses in your players, you figure out how to work it around them and how to work your system around those players and their talent levels and their strengths. You don't consistently try to fit square pegs and round holes. So as much as I do like Salah, that's one thing, that's stubbornness that you you got to get rid of and you got to figure out how to work your defense around your players and make adjustments and not just leave Javelin Gidry out there on an island when he's getting cooked by Stefan Diggs every other play. Uh, listen, I'm sure I agree with you. I'm sure there you and every other Jeff fan was watching the game saying, okay, so we're leaving the corner one-on-one with Diggs. Diggs is going to completely destroy this corner. And Josh Allen's going to say, okay, I, I completed that 20-yard pass. Now it's the first down again. Oh, you're doing it again. 
oh, okay, I'm going to just do it again. And he did. Um, I think the Jets and Salah are in a interesting situation because I believe that Salah is trying to create a foundation for years to come of how he wants to do things. And he doesn't exactly have the team yet that he could do it. So he's caught between the rock and the hard place where he's trying to teach what he wants, but he doesn't really have the talent to do what he wants. It's true. So now, so now he's like, do I scrap it and do what I think these guys could do so I can win four games? Or do I say, this is the process. This is what we are doing for the next six, seven, God willing, whatever years. And we are going to learn this way. And I believe that is the issue right now. Um, I do agree with you that, to me, a great coach is a coach that looks at his players and says, hey, you guys aren't good at this. This is what you're good at. I'm a Knicks fan, okay? Pat Riley came from L.A., from Showtime, Magic Johnson, okay? James Worthy, up and down the floor, 120, 120 points a game. Comes to the Knicks, we're winning 89-83. Why? Because he didn't have the horses to do that. He said, you guys are good just down the box playing D. That's what we're going to do, okay? I'm old enough, unfortunately, to remember when Bill Parcells took over the Jets, okay? The Jets were just as bad maybe a little better than the Jets are right now, right? I'll never forget this. So Parcells took over, I guess it was 90, was it seven? I think? 97, yep. I don't remember. You have to fact check me on what the Jets record was the year before. It was one in 15. Or one in 15, right? One in 15, yep. So Parcells takes over. And I'm a Jet fan and I'm watching. And I'm like, all right, well, let's see it, Tuna, because you got your work cut out for you. And I watched the Jets the whole year be as bad as they are now. And Parcells took over. Game one, Jets at Seattle. I mean, I'm used to seeing the Jets be horrible. The Jets win, I think, 45-3. to three. They don't resemble the team that I saw the previous year. And it was pretty close to the same roster. And it made me think, I, li- I remember to this day thinking, watching the game, going, coaching does make a difference. You can actually, you, have, you know, there's that famous saying, oh, you can have a coach, he can win with his, or he can win with yours. And I'm not saying Robert Sala is not a good coach, but coaching can make a difference. So I think he's in a situation where he has to figure out, he's thinking long-term. He's clearly thinking long-term. Yeah. Football is the only sport of the four major sports where the coach matters probably maybe just a little bit more than the players. I think in every other sport, when you have the talent, you can trump coaching. Like basketball, you need to have the talent. Like if you have star players, they're going to figure it out. Maybe they won't win a championship, but they're going to be a good team. Right. Same thing with baseball. I mean, baseball managers to me do the least of any anybody who's a head coach of a team. Hockey is definitely, you know, very systematic and obviously there's a coaching involved, but at the same time, it's 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 talent. So it's just like football. It's well, like don't tell take... that to Barry Trotz because he's he knows what he's doing. <laughs> no, he does. He does. He's a good coach, but they also have good players. It's not like they don't have good players. I know, but they were the worst defensive team in the league, and he took over and they became the best defensive team. I'm telling you. Trotz is Parcella Jace. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he does have the ring to prove it, so that is true. Um, but no, what I'm trying to say is, is that, like, when you look at Belichick, they never have the most talented roster, but he yeah. figures it out mm. week after week with his pencil on his ear, and it's just like he's he's just it, doing everything differently than everybody else. Look at the Patriots' skill position players. They're not no. better than the Jets. They're not. They're really not. That's, that's my point. They have better tight ends for sure. That's it. <laughs> but look, if, the, if I'm telling you, if the Jets had Sam Darnold right now and the Patriots receivers, all you'd be hearing about from Jet fans is, look what they surrounded Sam Darnold with. Yep. These Agreed. players think, how could he expect them to do anything? Mac Jones is going to win Rookie of the Year. Patriots are going to possibly win the division. They're going to go to the playoffs potentially. So, yes, it's, it's, it is coaching. But it's unfair. It's Salah's first year. And yeah. he's figuring things out. So I don't want yeah. to, I'm not coming down and, on it because it's year one. Yeah. That's and and you, you brought up a rock and a hard place. And I think that's like, that's exactly where this Jets team is. And, and I think, you know, Salah and Douglas are the hard place. And I guess the Jets fans are the rock where we're tired of this decade of ineptitude and, and just not sniffing the playoffs. 
And in reality, it's as much as we hate to say it, but it's year one of this rebuild. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, so much youth on the team, so much youth in the coaching, you know, so it's tough. It's tough because we want to see competitive football. We want the team to really, we're okay with not winning now, but like you said, Jamie, you know, at least be competitive in eight out of the 11 losses. Right. It's really, it's hard to watch when you've witnessed the last 10 years and how they've gone. You're we're impatient and rightfully so. Um, but that's not necessarily Douglas and Salah's fault either. No, yeah. but, but, but Douglas, the, the seat will get very warm on Joe Douglas for next year. Absolutely. This is if it. They, they have to be, I don't know what the look, we don't know how the Jets are going to finish this year yet, but yep. and people have given Joe Douglas, Hey, he took a six year deal for a reason. Fine. Doesn't matter. This rebuild does not have to incrementally go one win a year. I, I mean, Agreed. at some point they've got to do something and his record is abysmal. Now I know the first year fine doesn't count because it, it doesn't count. Honestly, it doesn't fine, fine. His first draft, we can sit there and argue left and right over. Oh, it may be good, and uh, they have a punter. And there's not, yeah, there's not much argument there at this point, right? If if Bryce Hall didn't exist, that draft is one of the worst drafts (laughs) in the history of the franchise, right? And he's the one thing that you're holding on to. This draft looks good. Yes. Um, Every Jet fan said you're going to address tight ends, you're going to address corners in in the free agency, right? He didn't either. Okay. And the Jets are severely lacking in those positions. Their tight ends are the worst in the league and their corners are very bad. Um, so this next year, it's all Douglas. It's, yeah. The pressure's on Douglas. I don't know what the record has to be, but it can't be four and 13 and it can't be five and 12. And it really shouldn't be six and 11 either. You'll be competing for a wild card. You got to be, as we always say, Stephen, in the hunt. Right in, in 2022, yeah. you better be in the hunt for a wild card spot. Or Douglas, I think, is that that seat is incredibly hot. Yes, I mean the one thing you need to see when Zach Wilson comes back is that he looks the part, and then you feel confident going into year two. So even if they do lose games, but you know they're losing in the last five minutes of the game, and they're in the entire game, the other team just has a good last drive. That is totally fine. If they end up only winning two more games, but they're competitive with every game that Zach starts. We'll live with that because you know that they're gonna they're gonna tinker the roster. You're gonna get some tight ends. You're gonna get some more defensive backs because that's really where the glaring holes are. In addition to the offensive line on the interior on the right side, but yeah. it's it's just they cannot be. They have to be like a 500 team or better next year at the minimum. The minimum. It's like you. I mean, well, actually, you, I realize me you can't be 500. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at the Chargers and you look at Arizona and teams that were nowhere, and then boom, two years flipped it around. And this division is not getting easier. We don't know what's going to go on with Deshaun Watson in Miami. And if he goes there, I mean, forget it. So, I mean, <laughs> it's about – there's no excuse. I mean, the Jets have – they're going to have four picks in the top uh, 43 or something like that, mm-hmm. at least. Um, and they need to spend money in free agency. Enough yep. of the nickel and diming. And I get it to be prudent to a certain extent. You don't want to overpay. Like, for example, what Corey Davis is making, I think, like $13 million versus like a Kenny Galladay who's making like $19 million. Mm-hmm. That seems to be a pretty good deal by Douglas. Didn't overpay. I don't think anybody's overjoyed about Corey Davis. I mean, he looks like he's a number two. But Joe Douglas needs to spend some money. He needs to draft correctly. He needs impact players. He needs playmakers. And, you know... Look, look at the schedule. So Miami, <laughs> Houston, first of all, all right, Miami, I don't know if you guys, what are you going to say about that? Houston, I give the Jets a shot there. I give yes. the Jets a shot against Miami. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Philadelphia is looking better than the Jets. Just yeah, but they're Denver. inconsistent. The only the only games on the schedule that they're that remain that I don't think they have any chance. I think they could win that. It's Trevor Simeon. It's not it's not Winston. Yeah, he knows not... all the Jets secrets. Uh, <laughs> at Miami, can win it. Jacksonville, huge game. Can win it. Uh, Tampa and Buffalo, you won't win Tampa unless Buffalo. they're resting players. So you You're can win those games. Most of the five wins max. I mean. Listen, if they get to five, and if they even somehow get to six, progress. But, yeah. you know, if they win four, people are going to be pissed, unless, they, like I said, they're competitive in the other games. But, Jamie, I know you got to run in a bit, but I do want to talk about solid Rex because I thought that was an interesting thing that happened earlier in the week. And, you know, Rex has a special place in my heart. You know, I met him, super nice guy. You know, gave me the most joy I really had as a Jets fan. 2010 sure. was the most, most fun season. But Great. I want to say this, you know, obviously he, he did have some success with this roster I mean, with this team. But at the end of the day, when you think about it, 2009, 2010, those were Mangini players, not his. And the second he really got control with, with Tannenbaum, the roster started to go way downhill. And he also was just not doing a good job. So it's like, yes, you have a little bit of success. You didn't win the Super Bowl. And no offense, like your defense had plenty of issues. Like, basically, after that Victor Cruz touchdown, the defense was never really good again. So, I just don't really understand why he's taking shots at a guy that, number one, is not comparing himself to him. People are saying that, but Robert Sala doesn't think that he's anyone. He thinks he's Robert Sala, and he has self-awareness. So, like, let's, like, pipe down a little bit. And in Buffalo, he inherited the best defense in the NFL and made it the worst defense in the NFL. So, it's like, you got to be careful what you're trying to say, Rex. You got (laughs) to – right, but first off – Rex's job is to do this, right? I mean, of course, I get it. I'm just—it's unnecessary. TV, they want Rex to be Rex. They don't want button-down slim Rex. They want boisterous <laughs> Rex. So that's that's his that's his job. Um, and the other thing, in my opinion, just my opinion, I think Rex wishes he was coach of the Jets. I oh, think they, he would take the job back in a second. Joe Beningo yeah. wants him to take the. They he wants him to hire Rex again. Hey, I mean. I, I thought when Gase was here, they should have hired Rex as the defensive coordinator. Oh they would have killed each other on the sidelines. Rex would have taken over. Everyone would have been happy. And then the Jets would have gone seven and nine. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was a cheap shot by Rex. I don't think Salah deserved that. Um, I always it was good to see Salah stand up for himself a little bit. But yeah, I think Rex just rather be coaching. And I'll be honest with you, I mean. I think Rex is a damn good defensive coordinator. And I don't think Robert Sala is Rex Ryan as far as the defensive mind as of now. Um, I saw Rex Ryan give one of the best defensive game plans I've ever seen when the Jets beat the Patriots in the playoffs. I mean, they lost right by behind 40. me. Yeah, <laughs> pace. They lost by 40 points a month earlier. First drive of the game, Patriots knife down the field. Boom, David Harris interception. Of course, the Jets didn't score on that, and they missed a field goal. But regardless, <laughs> they uh, won the game. <laughs> I thought I thought that was it at that point when they, when they missed the field goal. I thought we're not winning this game. There's no I way. Mean, David Harris picks it <laughs> off. You got nobody in front of him. <laughs> Somehow get tackled by the tight end. Got run down by like Algy Crumpler or something. Exactly. I couldn't get right. Algy Crumpler. But regardless, I think Rex is a hell of a defensive coordinator. And he, like you said, he gave the Jets two of their best years ever. Um, They just had too tough of a road to win in Indy, in New England, in Pittsburgh. But I do think that was uh, at a line for him to attack Salah like that. But I think he wants the job. Yeah. I mean, the problem for him is he basically had a terrible second stint as a head coach. And obviously the wheels fell off at the end of his Jet tenure. He doesn't want to be a defensive coordinator. That's pretty much how it goes. It's like 
if you basically get fired twice, you're not getting another job unless you rehabilitate your image and show that you can coach. And he doesn't want to do that. He kind of thinks he's above it. So I feel like the only yeah. way he's ever going to get a head coach job in the NFL is if he gets a college job, is successful, or he's a defensive coordinator in the NFL. It doesn't seem like he wants to do either of those things. So it's like he's not going to really get that opportunity. No one's hiring him, and he's getting a little bit older, you know? Yeah, he, he probably won't get another job because he brings a lot of baggage with him. So that's why I don't think he will get another job. But again, like most Jet fans, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart. For, for sure. For what he did. Yeah. I was at what? his initial press conference covering it. And I didn't know much about him. I mean, I knew Buddy Ryan, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, Jets hired another coach. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and I'm in, the, uh, I'm in the audience with the media. And this guy, I mean, he starts doing his thing. And he goes, you hit one of my guys, I'm going to hit two of your guys. And I'm like, I started looking at Rich Samini. I'm looking around. I'm like, what is this guy? <laughs> and he remember the first year he thought the Jets were eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, and, yeah. they won, and then they won. So you got to love Rex. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. And the Jets haven't been I, really good since then. He, he, I remember he wished for Christmas that – uh that they would basically arrest the cult starters and then they yes. put oh my gosh. Gator and then they he was, he was <laughs> must see TV for, for yeah. he was great for two years. He was awesome. I remember him saying, I want to say there was a, a linebacker of the dolphins uh, Crowder. And that was talking back and forth with him. And he goes, I've walked over tougher guys than Crowder on my way to a fight. It was just, it was, it was amazing. I love Rex right. for, for those two years. He was great for the remaining four. It was, it was tough. And I guess, you know, to sum up what you guys are saying, I just have a real problem with him talking about Salah and saying he would never let a team show up like this and yeah, get completely crushed. Come on, Rex. I mean, you did it more like more often than you obviously remember. Yeah. 2012, you know, like, 2014. Agreed. It was the yeah. fumble was Rex. It, exactly. Yeah. That was a 49-19 blowout on national television. Like, give me a break, you know. And I give him credit because in in 2013 he took a talent deficient roster. He got it to eight and eight. Like, I'll, I'll give you credit. But people forget about that season though. Is that was a flip flop win loss every other week. And when they lost, they got crushed. Yeah. They came off a huge win against New Orleans one week at home, and the next week got beat by 40 in Cincinnati. So, it's, Rex, it's like, actually, yeah, it's sort of similar to this year a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. So, don't act like you've never done this before, Rex. It's 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 par for the course, man. You've gotten killed. Salah's getting killed. It happens. I mean, it's it's, I, it's I mean, exactly. I think Salah's refreshing. He is very refreshing, in my opinion, as a as a head coach. He 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 really, I think, talks like a person. Like he's very like, you know, uh, he's an intellectual and he's very just like, listen, you're going to get beat up. What he, he said, he said one week we're going to look like we're not, we don't deserve to be in the league. And the next week we're going to win a game. Yeah. So he's right about that. But Jets fans, unfortunately, are not on the same timeline as Robert Sala. Yeah. Jets fans Look. are like, yeah, we're eight years ahead of you, buddy, on yeah. getting our teeth kicked in. We're over it. Yeah. I mean, young, listen, youngest roster in the NFL, they're going to have their lumps. It's good. They're going to show talent. The secondary, meaning mainly the corners, there's some talent there and they've shown some potential, but obviously there's going to be bumps in the road. The safeties are a disaster because now that Marcus May has gone, they have no veteran guys. You have Ashton Davis, who looks like he's probably a bust at this point for a third round pick. And then there's been a a revolving door at the other safety spot. It's been like Colbert. It's been Wilson. It's been Neesmith. It's just like how he's been with a pick this week, right? Who had that? that? The game was over. It didn't matter. They got a fumble too. Like, who cares? Like, it just – it didn't matter. I mean, like – Monkey's off the back, man. Oh, please. Yeah, I don't I – don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't – it's – I said before the year, I will not evaluate Robert Sala. I will not evaluate Zach Wilson until this year is over. I sat there watching Eli Manning look like he was the adopted brother of Peyton Manning his first year, and then he won two Super Bowls. So I will not make a judgment – until at least the year is up to evaluate and see. That's, I think fair. that's the fair approach there. But the one thing I'll say is going to this week, we talked about the Dolphins offensive line being terrible. John Franklin Myers, ever since he got that contract, has basically been invisible. If he doesn't get a sack or at least is making his presence known this week, that's a problem. I'm going to start getting like PTSD that we got Muhammad Wilkerson 2.0 again because yeah. the second he got paid, the production went right away. So we got to be careful. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't think the Jets in any way doubt John Franklin Myers' attitude and his character. Oh, he, yeah, but he's definitely right. a good character. He's completely been invisible. I, I don't know why. 
Um, he was not invisible pretty much every game before. So the signs aren't good, but I think it, it goes in line as to why the Jets defense is falling apart is their defensive line has been doing pretty much close to nothing. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I mean, Sheldon Rankin. Quinn has been up and down. He's had some, he's had some moments, but Who? Quinn and Williams, he's had some moments, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, also, also the Jets rotate their linemen a lot. Way too much. And, you know, you look at like some of the, the touchdowns against the Jets, and then you look at the line that's on the field and you're like, whoa, whoa wait a second. Why? Well, what's going on? Oh, we're keeping it fresh. All right. But it's the first quarter. Like what's going on? <laughs> Nathan so Shepard shouldn't get any more snaps. That's that's one thing they can get rid of. Get Nathan Shepard off the field. He doesn't need to be on the field at all. But that and, another, and honestly, that was another reach pick years ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, we talk about this Miami game and taking advantage of a bad offensive line. Well, if you guys were to point to one uh, thing, you know, one reason for the Bills' quote unquote struggles, what would it have been? Their offensive line, right? And the Jets didn't take advantage of that at all. Their defensive line didn't sniff Josh Allen. The one sack they did get was off a, a safety blitz. So, you know, calling on the Jets defensive line to take advantage of a weak Miami offensive line, it, it seems like a tall task at this point, and nothing is, is a given. So, I'm, you know, I don't think it's a definitive to happen. No, you're right. And, and, and watch out for the screens because, you know, the Jets defensive line is going to say, okay, this is our chance. And then, whoop. you know, we've seen it every week. I've never seen a team that's so incompetent against the screen and also trying to convert a screen. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing amazing that they can't find a quarterback who can throw a screen pass and they can't guard the screen pass. Mm -hmm. I think the last Jets quarterback, uh, I'm trying to think, Sanchez, oh, Fitzpatrick could throw it a little bit. Sanchez used to get picked off on screen passes. Pennington Pennington was a good screen. Pennington had a good screen game. That's what I was going to go to. I was like, Pennington was the last guy that had a nice little touch. Yeah, he did. He He had a good play action. He could. He was probably the best play action guy in the league at his time. This is how horrible it is. We're talking about Chad Pennington. Love Chad. It was 16 years ago. Put some respect on Chad Pennington's name. That's I, I, I love Chad Pennington. No, love everyone. Chad. I'm just saying, like, we didn't realize how good we had it when we had him. Oh, I know. And we were be- we were begging for Brett Favre because we're like, oh, no, Chad can't, can't throw anymore. Can't. When he was healthy, he made the playoffs. Yeah, but that's Chad it. Pennington was drafted mid first round, and he was drafted to a team that was pretty good. Not amazing, but pretty good. Chad Pennington was never put on the team that was horrific and said, go. So that never happened. Like, you know, and Sanchez obviously was on a great team. Boom. Okay. Darnold, Wilson, we're surrounding them with nothing and then trying to make it work. It's just hard. I've got a lot of friends who say you should do it another way. I don't know if I agree, but I've got friends who say build a team build a team all over the place. And then after you're three years in, then find a quarterback somewhere. Yeah. But then you're not going to position to get a quarterback. That's the problem because your yeah. team will be like treading water and you have to just give up all your assets. It's, it's look, it's, you, you guys, do you know, um, at FBG chase on Twitter is no. that guy. You probably see him. seen him. You probably have seen him at FBG chase. See if you can you search him. He's a stats guy. He's a oh, football perspective. Oh, yeah, right. football perspective. Okay. I know him because he's my brother. <laughs> him and I butt heads all the time, and <laughs> he never he never wanted to trade up for Darnold. He never wanted to. to he said we should. He said we should get all three second round picks, and just start a Teddy Bridgewater. We'd be much better. And at the time, I was like, no, 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 because you can only go so far. You need to. That didn't work. He didn't want to trade off for Vera Tucker. Well, Vera Tucker's great. He's like, great. So what? He's he's not great enough to trade to trade another pick. We're not good enough to trade these picks to get a, a lineman. Whatever. That's an argument for another day. Everybody loves Vera Tucker so far. Great. But the bottom line is we're all just grasping for anything. And <laughs> the only way to salvage this season is if Zach Wilson comes in and actually looks the part in the final month and a half. I think that he will. I do. I think yep. that he this this period of sitting and watching guys run the offense, just seeing the things that he wasn't seeing because the game is going to be a lot slower for him because he's not on the field. He's going to make the he's going to make the safer throws. He's not going to always play hero ball. I think we'll see that. I mean, it may not be superstar, but I think 
he's going to look like a competent NFL starting quarterback. And then down the road, he'll make the jump. He's still only 22. He's so young. And if you think about it, other than Mac Jones, Justin Fields really hasn't been very good. Trevor Lawrence, mm. who's supposed to be like the best prospect ever, has been pretty mediocre at best, like even in his good moments. And Trey Lance can't even see the field. So it's like every rookie quarterback is really not been that great. And Mac is just in a good situation. He's got the greatest coach of all time and a good offensive mind to really call the plays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I no, I, I agree. I think Zach Wilson, when he comes back, is going to look the part. I think the, the, what gives me hesitation is that if you asked me at the end of 2018, I was absolutely 100% convinced that Sam Darnold was the guy based on how he, he, he finished the last four games of the season. Sure. Now, the difference is that McKagan's not running the show and not bringing in Adam Gase. And you are building a foundation. So I, un, I unequivocally have more confidence in Joe Douglas than I did Mike McCagnan. And I will, without a doubt, have more confidence in Robert Sala and the coaching staff around him than I do in Adam Gase. So if Zach Wilson comes in these final, hopefully final seven games, because if he doesn't start at Houston, then that's we're, we're in deeper trouble than we thought. So if he looks the part in these final seven games and there's something to build off of there, I have the confidence that Sala and Douglas can really turn this around and they will be a competitive football team in 2022. I guess my wishes were that they were more of a competitive team in the first nine games of this year. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say I share your optimism and Steven's very optimistic. <laughs> I try to be. He hasn't been through everything yet. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. I believe you, but <laughs> like, I will just say my faith is, is being tested. Um, <laughs> I want to believe you. And you know what it is? I, the Darnold thing is still somewhat fresh. Yeah. You know? I mean, we all are on the same page, the Darnold train and he's ready to go. He, the Jets find their guy. Look at the, look how he progressed at the end of the year. Oh, he's a top uh, five QBR in the league, the final five games. And when it's yeah. 33, 33 degrees or less, whatever it didn't work out so and he's been horrible since he left so i like wilson for the record i think wilson is smarter than darnold quicker release than darnold just as talented as darnold um i think he's more talented arm talent was he could make throws that some guys i you can't even believe like the throw he made to Corey davis like on the run in that titans game was just you don't see yeah. a lot of guys who can do that. Like Mahomes can do it, Rodgers. Then, then he couldn't make the six-yard screen pass to the tight end to win the game. Did he know this something? is true. So to Griffin, I think. So whatever. It's He's a rookie. He's BYU. I'm patient. It's yep. fine. See what happens. Yes. <laughs> Let's just see. I knew he was going to get hurt this year. I knew when he was drafted he was going to get hurt this year. So let's just see how the year goes. Um <laughs> I'm a big, I'm also a big believer in what, and I know all Jeff fans, they're going to jump on the Zach Wilson train at the end of this year. If he looks really good and probably a little part of me will too, that, Oh, this is it. Now he's going to take off. Watch next year, beginning of the year. Boom. And like, I've just watching football for 35 years. There's almost no correlation in my opinion, from the end of one year to the beginning of the other. Everybody always says, Oh, and then a good note. It never works. It doesn't work. The team is different. The schedule is different. The other teams are different. Everything is different. So if he's really good, he's going to be really good. And if he's not, not. And we're just having the same conversation I mean, for the nth time. You know what I mean? There were, there were a lot of people that were putting a lot of stock into the Jets finishing 2019, six and two, right? And how that, how that worked out for them in 2020. Right. They started 0-13 in 2020. So I think that that proves your argument right there, Jamie. I remember a long time ago, probably before you guys were born, the Jets, uh, they had the uh, Hall of Fame preseason game. So it was an extra preseason game that year. So they had five preseason games. What they what they finished in the preseason? 5-0. And they lost the first five games of the regular season. So I remember thinking, you know, if you combine the two, we're only 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> um, and I think they went, whatever, 1-15. So, yeah. I just remember my dad told me there was a year. I can't remember what year it was. The Jets started 10-0, and and I think they lost six straight after that. 10-1. Or 10-1. Wasn't that 81? Or 86? Yeah. They were (laughs) 10-1. They were awesome. Ken O'Brien, Wesley Walker, Al Toon, Freeman McNeil, Mickey Shuler, 
awesome offense, 10 and one. And they lose a final five. How's that possible? Because it's the Jets. The Jets. <laughs> they, they can't just be bad. They have to suck you in first and then stop on you. So I remember this vividly because it's one of my most like miserable seasons ever. 10 and one, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to finally win the Super Bowl. Um, 10 and six. <laughs> Go to the playoffs, though. They have a home playoff game. They bench those their exist. quarterback. <laughs> huh? I said those exist for the Jets. <laughs> playoff game. They benched Ken O'Brien for the game. And they started Pat Ryan, who was their backup. They won. They beat the Chiefs. So now they're in second round against the Browns. And to this day, this actually may have been the worst loss for me as a fan in my entire think, Jets fandom. I think I know where this right? is going. I mean, like Steelers, AFC Championship. Okay, Colts, yeah. we weren't supposed to be there anyway. Um, yeah, the double over, you know, the, the Chargers. Bills 2015, the last game of the season was the All worst right. one for me. That one I is think, just miserable. I think 98 in Denver takes the cake for me. 98 in Denver. However, 98 was a, such a surprise year. And the the Broncos had Terrell Davis and John Elway. I didn't think the Jets were going to win that game. I really we didn't. had that game. We had that game. Up 10 nothing in the third quarter. We had it. Okay. I'll bet nothing. To, I'll see you're up 10 nothing <laughs> in the halftime. Uh, yeah. I'll take you to 86, second round, up 10 nothing in Cleveland with three minutes left. How's that even possible? How is that possible? <laughs> Cleveland. Kicks a field goal, down seven. We go three now because that's obviously. Cleveland ball back, minute 50 to go. Fourth and like 17 for Cleveland. Kozar. Oh, incomplete. Penalty. Penalty. Mark Passer. Automatic first down. Minute later, touchdown Cleveland with – Seven seconds left. We lose in overtime. No, that'd be too easy. <laughs> overtime, Cleveland goes for the win. They miss the field goal. Jets losing double overtime. <laughs> and then next week was Cleveland Denver AFC Championship the drive or the fumble, which I can't remember which one mm-hmm. it was. One of them. And then I have to say, there's only one bright spot in that entire thing scenario, which was the worst loss I've ever suffered. The Giants won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. The Jets were not beating the Giants. That was the '86 Giants LT. Yeah. It was not happening. That that would be like the most miserable thing possible that could ever happen. In life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only thing. So Mark Gasino saved you from that. He was really doing it for you. But it was such a dumb – I mean, you guys remember – you guys remember Jets-Chargers playoffs? Eric Barton. Right. It was Eric the exact Barton. same thing as Barton. Exact same thing. Yep. I remember my father saying it at that time. It was <laughs> four, fourth and goal. Drew Brees throws incomplete. Eric Barton comes with a late, like, forearm to his helmet. Unbelievable. Yep. And, and I remember watching that game going – I could not believe they threw a flag. I said, are you kidding me? And then I I'm, let me see this replay. And then I see the replay. And Eric Barton thinks he's like Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, um, it was awful. It was like this. The burden to, to Breeze's head. I go, we just hurt for this. Yeah. I mean, luckily we won that game, though. We did. Ended up winning the game in overtime. Yes. <laughs> Which was lost to Pittsburgh. Weeks. Lost to Pittsburgh the next week on Doug Bryan's Doug Bryan. two or three missed That field might goals. be the worst loss ever, uh, honestly. Uh, when, when you I think about it. That team was good. The Cleveland one, that one. Um, yep. Denver in the championship because I actually do the only reason why Denver was such a horrible loss for me was because I think the Jets would have beaten the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Agreed. So I think the Jets they killed them. They killed them earlier in the year. Beat them twenty-eight to three or something. Yeah. The Parcells, the Jets, they would have won the Super Bowl. They were up ten nothing in the third, and then- Atlanta had just beaten Minnesota the day before, and Minnesota was fifteen and one, I believe. With Moss yep. and Culpepper, then Jets had no chance to beat Minnesota, but they got upset by Atlanta. It was perfect. It's crazy. But then you remember, it's the Jets, and 
to quote Ted Lasso, unlucky in America. <laughs> I'm like so depressed just talking about all this right now. I'm oh, sorry. Man. It's great. Let's do, <laughs> David, before you go, let's do game picks. I know you said they're going to lose. So what's the score prediction? What, do, what is your actual score prediction? Well, let's think. They had Flacco last year against Miami. I think they scored zero. I think. I could be wrong. but I think, I think, they, get, I think they did get shut out. Because Tua came in for the first time. I remember like, in the last yeah. like two minutes of the game. Whatever. I, I think I'll go. They'll probably have some good defensive moments. Two is not that good. Their offense isn't that good. Flacco will throw a pick. He'll get sacked. He'll probably fumble. Uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go 19-13 Dolphins. That's such a terrible. That's a Jets Dolphins game. <laughs> what about you what do you think oh man i really don't know for no reason other than i just i'm the forever jets optimist i think they pull this one out i'll say 24 21 jets defensive line shows back up again and uh i have no confidence in that but i'm gonna say why not because i I need to see it happen 24 21 jets i see elijah moore gets another touchdown i think we see what we saw pittsburgh detroit with this jets dolphins game it's going to be like 20 to 17 Dolphins. Jets cover the three and a half, but it's going to be make your eyes bleed. It's going to be so ugly, and both teams are just going to do so many boneheaded things. But yeah, they're not winning this game. I mean, but that's the thing. And I know we got to go, but like, that's the thing. Like, first of all, I hope the Jets win. But same, of course. But like, but like, we're all anticipating boneheaded plays and bad plays. Like, at some point, this has to change. Like, it's a new coaching staff. It's supposed to be, you know, a good coaching staff, a good GM young talented players like at some point this should change where it should not be embarrassing and they should actually just win 20 to 10 and that's it yep but it's not but yeah listen the knicks are the most optimistic you can make yourself be about the jets because they were just as big of a dumpster fire and they're competent now so it's like anything could happen in sports that's sports for you yeah, I mean, the sweet spot of my Jets fandom, we always refer to it, but it was 97 to 2010, right? When Parcells took over until that last good Rex year. That was a good run. We were good more often than not, making the playoffs more often than not. And and honestly, they were above 500, like, I want to say, like, you know, nine out of 14 years or something like that. So it that was competent football. That was fun. Well, Jamie, we've we've gone a while here. I got to tell you, you know, Stephen always says, I love talking Jets nostalgia. You clearly do, too. Anytime you want to come back on the show, we can just run it back and talk about our favorite and least favorite Jets games of all time, man. I had a blast tonight. Thank you so much for having on with us. I'm sorry if I depressed anybody. It just came out. It's like a therapy session. And I apologize in advance. Next time, I will be more positive. I'll try. It's totally fine. Make sure you guys follow Jamie on Twitter at N12 Jamie Stewart. You can also check him out, obviously, on News 12 Long Island. Unfortunately, I live in the city, so I don't get that, but I know he does a great job. And, you know, keep subscribing to our show. Subscribe to Badlands. Make sure you check out all the Jets content. We appreciate everybody joining.